Thank you. You may be seated. a glorious day and a a glorious meditation upon our Lord Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, his willingness to uh, become incarnate and come and dwell among us for a period of time uh, to accomplish our salvation. We're very grateful and pray that, that the Lord Jesus is honored by our service this morning, that we're offering up to him an acceptable sacrifice and acknowledgement of his work and his great love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so if we could this morning, let's go uh, and have a word of prayer. Uh, And I have a few comments to make about um, why did God's Son become a man. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and your truth. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to meet together this morning. I thank you, God, so much for these that have offered up a sacrifice of the praise of their lips through congregational singing for those that did special music for us this morning and and, uh, led the congregation. Uh, God, we pray that uh, it is an acceptable sacrifice and a a sacrifice of thanksgiving that's pleasing to you. And we do ask, Lord God, that this Christmas season that we might Uh, consider the glories of the incarnation, that we consider the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and the greatness of who you are. Uh, Father, may we as your people show you the respect that is rightfully yours. May we honor you and give glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that name that you've sworn to exalt above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm looking at at John chapter 1. If you want to turn your Bibles there, you can. There will be some other passages there, but we just want to consider for a few moments here why did God's Son become a man? And I think that, that when we uh, think on these things, that God really uh, will reveal to us maybe some things that, uh, that are endless. They're just the, the number, the multitude of God's plan and His reasons for the redemption of mankind for the the glory of Jesus, the Son of God, becoming man and saving man that he created. Uh, there, there are many things that we should think about this Christmas season and many things that we should uh, give our attention to with all the distractions that come our way. 
So let me just uh, give a few principles, a few things. It's in no way any what uh, comprehensive. Uh, if we could uh, switch, there we go. Thank you, sir. Uh, what the Son did, what Jesus did in coming to, uh, to uh, the Lord Jesus, coming to earth. There we go. All right. So what did the Son do? The scripture reads in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now this Word is the Lord Jesus himself in his pre-incarnate state before he took upon himself and before he became a man. And the Scripture tells us, the Apostle John records, that in the beginning was, past tense, the Word. So if we go back to the beginning of the material creation, what we know of the world and everything that's familiar to us, and the stars and the sky and the, the waters and the seas and the, 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 the dirt upon the earth before any of that existed, Jesus was. The, the Messiah, the Word, existed. The Word was in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So, and this is where we, we come to understand the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, first of all, He existed eternally before the creation of our material world. That's our Messiah. That's who we worship this morning. That's what we're singing about. And we want to meditate and think about the, the greatness of what Jesus did when he humbled himself and though he was in the, in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, thought it not a thing to be grasped or held on to, but laying the glory aside, he became a man. And so, secondly, uh, he was God. And this is one of the many reasons that we believe in the Trinity. We believe we hold to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that there before the creation of the world, before anything that we know existed, was the Father and His Son. And the Father and His Son took counsel and the Holy Spirit. They took counsel about what the Son was going to do and how these things were going to unfold. It was in the plan and will of God that the Son would take upon Himself flesh. And He chose, He willingly chose. The Scripture says that He determined to, no one takes His life, but He shed His own blood. He came uh, as the Son of God uh, to our uh, world, the world that He created us in, and... Uh, so we believe in the Father and the Son. We worship the Father and we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, with Thomas, we would declare, my Lord and my God to the Lord Jesus. We worship him this morning for the great things that he has done. Um, and then the scripture says, 
that um, he um, was in the beginning with God and all things that came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So he created all things. The Lord Jesus is our creator. Uh, You exist because he created you. Uh, The scripture says in Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. So we find that Jesus, the Word, created us. And we find this a number of places in Scripture. Uh, So all things exist and were created by his will. Jesus determined that these things were to take place. Jesus determined uh, that you would be here this day. He knows the exact time that you are here. He knows the exact place that you were here. It's because of his will and and all of the things that, that seem to be outside of our control are perfectly timed and completed in Jesus' control, the one who created us. <clears throat> for worthy art thou, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and all things, all times, all places, all people are, exist and were created by his will, by his determined purpose. This is our Lord. This is our God. He deserves our lives. He deserves our respect. He deserves our attention. He deserves our our focus. He deserves us all. He he deserves uh, to, to own you. He deserves to direct you. He deserves to guide you because he is our Lord and our God, and all things exist. You exist, and you were created by his will. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So Jesus, the one that we worship this morning, created all things. They were created through him and for him. The scripture is very clear about the Son of God, the one we worship. For by him all things were created. Uh, Again, in in numerous passages in scripture, we find the nature of this Son of God is God himself is deity himself, co-equal with the Father, uh, yet willingly subservient in his sonship and in becoming a man, willing to uh, humble himself to the will of the Father and the purposes of the Father. The scripture says that in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And going back to John 
uh, chapter to one, uh, we we find introduced in this chapter is John the Baptist. <clears throat> there came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, Jesus has given to us the authority to become children of God to those who believe in his name. It is through the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. He has the authority. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth, Jesus said. All authority has been given to me. So this one who took upon himself flesh and became a man brought about our salvation. And we're told that that he uh, is the light and he declares that you must be born again. You must be born of God. Remember, we've had this study in the book of Romans in chapter 5 that we were born under Adam, uh, but Jesus has taught us, he has said that you must be born again, that you must be born of God, that we must be reborn, we must spiritually be reborn because of the death that we received in Adam. The life is in Christ Jesus. And then the scripture says in verses uh, 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What we saw in Jesus was the expression of the word, the expression of the truth of God, the expression of the life that is in God, the expression of the light that is who God is. Jesus Christ is light and life. So he became a human being and came to live among us for a season. He came to bring light and life in darkness, in times of darkness. And certainly we can understand with with all of the things that are going on, the confusion of the times that we live in, <clears throat> that that we need light, that there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of misunderstanding, there's a lot of of uh, you know that which which tells us that we need a lamp into our feet and a light into our path in this world. And so Jesus came 
The scripture says that he was rich in heaven in the glory of the, the place where he existed, but he humbled himself and became obedient uh, and became a man and took upon himself the form of a servant and came in the likeness of man and he humbled himself even to the obedience of death on the cross for us. Uh, he became a man uh, for your sake because he loved you and because mankind is in darkness and in need of light and in need of truth. So let's think about for a few moments then uh, why he did what he did, why he became a man, and there's, there's many, many reasons. Uh, and we could go on and on, but it's, it's good for a starter this morning, right, if we can consider these things and what God did and, and why he did them and begin to spend Christmas meditating upon the Lord Jesus, on who he is, and on his great love for us. The scripture says that we should be rooted and grounded in love, able to comprehend the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ, uh, and, and to know, uh, have knowledge of the love of Christ. <clears throat> so, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So one of the reasons that Jesus became, came to us as light in dark times was that he might reveal the glory of God to us. Uh, because in our lost estate, the glory of God was, uh, was muted uh, we, we, we do not see him as he is. Even this morning, we, we, can't, we don't have the, the freedom to worship him as we, we truly should worship him and respect him as we truly should ex respect him and honor him as we truly should honor him. And it's our, our fate. It's, it's the, the fallen nature in Adam that hinders us from that expression of love to God. We love him because he first loved us, and we should honor him and know the glory of God, and he revealed it to us. He revealed the perfection of his, his moral character and integrity and the perfect nature in which he lived among us and dwelt among us because we couldn't see otherwise. We were in darkness, but he was the light. And he was the life, and he was. It was necessary for the Lord Jesus to come, and we praise God, give thanks to the Almighty God for His His wisdom and His mercy, and we worship Him. We give Him our worship at Christmas. That's what Christmas is about. It's not about giving gifts or materialism or the things that have 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 deflected. Uh, the reality of his glory and of the glory of God that Jesus Christ expressed to us. Our eyes need to be upon him. Our hearts need to be given to him. Our respect needs to be played, uh, played to, uh, prayed and played to God. The scripture says in John 1.18, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father he has explained him. So what we saw of the Lord Jesus, we know of the Father. 
We know of God Almighty. We know of the Creator. We know of the One who reigns on His throne in heaven. The earth is His footstool. And despite all of the darkness and the sin and the rebellion that is here in mankind and, and in our, our, our world in which we exist, God still reigns as sovereign on the throne and Jesus has explained him. And what does he explain about him? But his great love for you. The great love for his creation. That God himself would give himself not only to create mankind, but in mankind's rebellion, redeem him back to himself is beyond understanding, beyond description, beyond what we can comprehend. And yet we should... Uh, be rooted and grounded in the reality of that love. That, And let me get personal here. That your personal sin has been forgiven by God. It was offensive to Him. It was something that, that could not be dealt with, that you couldn't make better, that you couldn't do something with. What you could not do, God did for you because of His great love for you. And I want to tell you, in the name and the glory of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary and what we may know about why he did what he did, your personal sin has been forgiven you when you trusted in Christ, when you looked to him for your salvation, when you cried out to Jesus, save me, he did. And he saved you from all of that past, all of those things that would hinder you and, and remove you from the presence of a holy God. It's been taken away in Christ Jesus by his great mercy. It's wonderful what God has done. And we celebrated this morning. He has taught us the things that we need in order to know God, to have a personal relationship with him. Not only to have a personal relationship by knowing about God, but to know Him personally and intimately as our God and as our Creator. To know God. And this is eternal life that we may know Thee, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. These are the mysteries and the wonders and the, the glory of the things that God has done and if we go to the end of the book, John chapter 20, therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples, which are written in, not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. He's the light and he is the life. And we have life in him and your sins are forgiven and removed from a holy and righteous and perfect God uh, with nothing that we could do for ourselves, yet Christ did it on our behalf. He became incarnate so that we might believe in God, so that we might have relationship with Him. And these are the things that we should strive to deepen ourselves in, in the reality of the truth of His Word and of the salvation that Christ has wrought in our lives, that we would put aside the temporal things and the mundane things and the vain things that are temporal and passing 
and will not last to that which is eternal in our relationship with God himself. So he became the way and the truth and the life that we might be reconciled to God, that we would not only just be friends with God, but the scripture says that we're born, reborn of God and that we are children of God, that we've been brought into his very family. What a wonderful thing. It should put a smile on our faces. It should give joy and a, a spring to our step and joy in the, in the days and the life that God has given to us and the opportunity that we have to go tell it on the mountain and everywhere that Jesus Christ became incarnate, <clears throat> that though he was rich in heaven, yet for your sakes he became poor. For your sake he went to the cross of Calvary. He humbled himself. For your sake, God made he who knew no sin become sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know the righteousness of Jesus Christ is about you this morning, that you are in Christ, and that that righteousness is sufficient for this relationship as a child of God. <clears throat> and so we celebrate for a child will be born to us, <clears throat> a, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the God of hosts will accomplish this. God's plan is victory. God's plan is the establishment of the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it that we just and that it will be righteous, and despite all the things that are going on today, the power of God, the glory of God, the sovereignty of God is in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we can rest assured that His kingdom will come, and His will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So he became a man to establish God's kingdom on earth. 1 Corinthians 15 is a wonderful passage of scripture. It was referred to this morning. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death. That's Adam, right? We're all in Adam. By a man came death. By a man also came the resurrection of the dead. You see, we don't just celebrate that Jesus came and that he was a little baby in the manger and that he became flesh and that he took upon this humble form as a servant. But we celebrate the victory and the glory of God and the power of God and the demonstration of God. The fact is that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave displaying power over death. He has ascended to the Father and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's waiting for the moment of that establishment of his kingdom here on earth. 
that the kingdom of God will come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So the resurrection of the dead, he, uh, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. And it needed to be by a man, right, for the resurrection. And so the reason why he came was to, 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 to display the resurrection, to display the life. He was the life, the resurrection given in Christ Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. We were dead in Adam. There was nothing that we could do. We were separated from God. But in Christ all were made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits. After that, those who are in Christ at his coming. What does that mean? What are the firstfruits? Well, that's the firstfruit of the resurrection. Christ has been resurrected to tell us, to confirm to us, that in his incarnation, his work was completed. When he said on the cross of Calvary, Father, it is finished, and when he was resurrected from the grave and ascended to be with the Father, he has declared, and we can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him that we have the light and the life of salvation. We can trust the Lord Jesus. Trust what he did, because he was resurrected from the grave. He has power over death. He put death to death on the cross of Calvary. He became a man to resurrect our dead physical bodies to eternal life. You can count on it. So what is our future? Our future is victory in Jesus Christ. We will return with the Lord Jesus at his second coming. We will... In and when he appears, we will be like him in glory. This body of sin and death and the very things that hinder us from expressing worship as we should will be removed from us in total. And in the glory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, after the first fruit of his resurrection, will come that wonderful and glorious day when we are resurrected. And back to 1 Corinthians, then comes the end. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God and Father, to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. So he has bruised the head of Satan himself, and the very God of this world who is wreaking such chaos and havoc in our world today has been put to hopeless destruction. His kingdom is bogus. It will, it will never be more than a breath or just a moment until Christ returns in great glory. And he knows it. And this is the battle. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. And that's a reference, is it not, to Genesis. He shall bruise his head and he shall strike his heel. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he has accepted who put all things in subjection to him. So who subjected? Jesus Christ subjected. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself also will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him. That's a little bit confusing. But the Son offers up to the Father. 
what he is, his work and his accomplishment. He did on earth that, that process, that work of subjecting all things, bringing the, the, the rebellious earth under a, an, a, an angelic rebellion and under mankind's rebellion back into subjection to the Father, and he offers it back to the Father. It's beautiful. It is glorious what God has done. The Son himself also will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him. So the Father subjected all things to our Son, the Son, the Lord Jesus, and Jesus subjected all things back to the Father. It's a beautiful expression of Christ's love for his Father. It's a beautiful expression of, of God's plan that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son for these purposes. It's why he came. He came to bring the world under his dominion, under God's dominion. He began to take that dominion over the earth. There was a little passage there. I want to go back to that. So, so he subjected all things to him so that God may be all in all. God may be all in all. The Father and the Son and their beautiful and wonderful love relationship there's a oneness there in the purposes and what a glorious and beautiful thing on the cross uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. I do always the things which please him. The love of the Lord Jesus for his Father and for the glory of the Father should be our love for the Father. It should be what we love because we're in Jesus. And this is where Jesus' heart is, what he, he loves, and he's, he's concerned about the glory of his Father. And you're in, engaged in it. He's, he's included you with it. So he became a man to take dominion over the earth. And we're going to see, I believe, in a short period of time, uh, these things unfolding. Uh, man's perfect God. Here's a quote in this, uh, though I barely touched on a few things. The next slide, please. Man's perfect God had, become, had to become God's perfect man to fulfill prophecy, dispel darkness, reveal truth, expose error. That's light, isn't it? Fulfill the law, forgive sins, shed his blood, satisfy justice, purchase redemption, impute his righteousness, save sinners, mediate reconciliation, secure salvation, sanctify his people, build his church, purify his bride, grant freedom, open heaven, give life, destroy death, conquer Satan, and reveal God. Thank you for that quote. So isn't that an awesome quote? And this doesn't even scratch the surface of the, of the many facets of what Jesus did when the Son of God became a man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the indescribable gift of your Son, that unspeakable, yet we speak of it this morning, 
Our Lord Jesus Christ will reign over all the earth and put rebellious rulers, angelic principalities, and all authorities under his subjection. Your kingdom will come and your will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Our Lord Jesus Christ will take dominion over all of your creation. You have highly exalted your Son and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to your glory. We give thanks for his great love for us and that he who was rich in all the glory of God became poor for us. And he humbled himself and endured the cross to save us from our sins. And there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. For it is not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to your mercy, you have saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of your Holy Spirit. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you have called us. May we keep the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. May we tell it on every mountain and in every valley and in all places that you may Grant for us in your providence to share the gospel. Help us to keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus when he brings it about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.